Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 11 to 1 Show. Going out for dinner in a nice restaurant is one of my most favourite things to do. But for a celiac like me, it can be really difficult. Will the restaurant provide meals, first of all, that are gluten-free? Will they be careful in preparing the meal and avoid cross-contamination and other food containing gluten? All things you have to consider. There's a lot of phoning ahead before booking, asking your server a lot of questions that can make you feel like you're just being awkward. So it's challenging for me, an adult, to navigate. Imagine what it's like for a child. Today I've invited regular contributors to the show pharmacist Sheena Mitchell back with us and she has a very special guest with her her daughter Isla who is a celiac like me and she is with her as well thank you both so much for joining me ladies you're very welcome Isla you're there as well you are She's there in the background with her mother and we should say this is Isla's radio debut and I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled to have her on the show. But first we're going to chat to Sheena. Sheena, tell me what prompted the investigation into celiac disease for Isla in the first place? Well, I'm a bit of an autoimmune disease sufferer myself. So I have a form of arthritis, which is ankylosing spondylitis and during my diagnosis with that, I was having a lot of trouble or tummy trouble basically mm-hmm. and they suspected celiac disease and for a while after a couple of scopes they had me on a celiac gluten-free diet and as it transpired after a, a long kind of year of investigations I don't have celiac they uh, they think I have what's called latent celiac so mm-hmm. basically it, it's coming to a world near me soon but in the meanwhile they had recommended that we get the whole family tested any blood relations because you know, the risks are so much greater when you have a, a blood family member who has celiac disease. So it was really through that that I got the three kids tested for celiac disease. And Isla's blood test, which her local GP did really simply, when she was seven years old at the time, came back with really, really high markers for celiac disease. So after that, she was referred into the TALA system and her consultant there said that, you know, she would do a scope to confirm it. So that was done as a day case in Tala Hospital. And a few weeks later, we got the results. And yeah, I remember I, I remember the scope myself. It's not nice at all. It's really not. My daughter would have went through the same, the similar thing as well. But prior to the diagnosis, were there any symptoms from Isla? No. Like, yeah. It's silently okay. there. Yeah. No, and like, you know, maybe there were that we just weren't identifying, like Mm. maybe there was kind of fatigue and stuff, but there was certainly nothing like, you know, and this is where I always say it's it's a hard one to manage because 
because she's had a gluten-free diet now, she gets extremely symptomatic if she gets even a small amount of gluten. Yeah. Whereas back then, it just wasn't an issue. We didn't know. But I suppose the whole thing about celiac disease, silently, it was causing malnutrition. Do you know? So, yeah. And damage, long-term damage to her stomach as well, you know. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it really can be just so, so debilitating like that when you do kind of uh, stick to the diet and then when something uh, happens where you do eat something that's not gluten-free, all, 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 all hell breaks loose is the only way I can describe it. Uh, but, you know, in terms of, say, like I would have noticed myself, Sheena, with my daughter, Darren, she was always the small kid in class. She didn't really flourish uh, in terms of, you know, sort of growing growth, height, all that sort of thing. She was always quite small. Was there any of those kind of signifiers with Isla or was it just something that was off the radar for you altogether? No, like she's naturally very slim, but mm. I actually don't think that's necessarily related to the celiac disease. You know, yeah. um, her height was fine and well, actually, when she was diagnosed first, I used to say, well, I look, I was looked exactly like that as a child because she's very similar in appearance to me. And even my mother was like, yeah, and look at you now, riddled with autoimmune yeah. <laughs> But no, there wasn't. And that's where, obviously, it can be really tricky for families. So I suppose looking at the family history, I had a granny who had bowel cancer and I have other family members with a lot of uh, autoimmune disease. And obviously diagnostics are getting so much better now mm. than they were that I'd say my granny, you know, her bowel cancer was likely as a result of untreated. Like she ended up with colostomy bags and then ileostomy mm. bags. So realistically, I'd say that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, you know, the changes, because there's a big change to diet, obviously, but there's changes around the home that you had to put in place. Yeah, it was a really, really big period of adjustment for all of us. Because I had been kind of dealing with it for myself, it wasn't as traumatic. But for any family with a child that's newly diagnosed and they're trying to come to terms with all that they have to learn, it it can be quite overwhelming. So, for example, in our house now, Isla's bread is stored in Tupperware containers in a Mm. different side, a different area to the kitchen than any of the rest of the bread products are contained. We had to buy all new chopping boards, a new toaster, we had to kind of move her. She was seven at the time, so she was still using plastic plates. Yeah. And plastic plates are a no-no as a celiac because you cannot actually, no matter how much you clean them, gluten particles will stick in the little crevices that are formed and scratches on plastic. So that's why the chopping boards had to go. And, well, we just had to kind of get her own allocated ones that we keep yeah. separately now. And the same, so she moved on to Delft. Uh, which was fine. Look, she was seven, that was grand. But even things like non-stick pans, they're Mm. the same. They can hold on to the gluten. And so we had to get new pans that we were, you know, kind of marked gluten-free. So there was a lot of changes like that. And then a lot of education because Isla is the eldest of three. And we, I had three under three and a half. And so the other two aren't far behind, but obviously at the time would have been five and four. So trying to explain to them maybe not to put their hands into things. And oh, I know, I know. It's a yeah. nightmare. And even, you know, the butters, I know you guys have a separate butter, obviously, for Isla as well. The same situation in our house too. I'm going to bring Isla in. Um, Isla, t- talk to me about, you know, what life was like for you. Because when you, when you got the official diagnosis that you're a celiac, how, how did you feel about that? So I was very surprised. I had no idea what it meant. And um, I'd never known it had existed before I got diagnosed. 
Yeah. So there was surprise. We were the same. You know, we didn't know what to expect with regards to this. And, you know, do you find it challenging sticking to the diet? Is it hard? Well, when we're at home, it's very easy because we're all very careful. and We're kind of all eating gluten-free meals. So at home, it's easier. Yeah, we're the same. You know, once you're at home, you're okay. But talk to me about what happened to you in a restaurant recently. So we went out to lunch and we'd asked three times about the sausages and mash, if they were okay. So we ordered that and we had our meals. And then about two hours later, we were at home and I started to feel a bit nauseous and then... Um, I I keep too bad. Basically, you were you were getting sick for a couple of hours, isn't that right? Yeah. So you this were very weak. Yes, I can imagine. And like you had asked, you'd put the precautions in place. You'd ask the restaurant, "Is this definitely gluten free?" All this sort of stuff. So, how did you feel afterwards? Because you know, as well as being so so ill physically, you must have been extremely annoyed. Well. I don't, I'm kind of so exhausted. I am very annoyed and I'm kind of like, don't say it's gluten-free when it's not gluten-free. I prefer not eat at your restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is, you know, something that can happen a lot. You know, you, you go to a restaurant and you do take all the precautions and you ask in advance and then something like this can, can happen. And it's all down to kind of miseducation. Do you find the dining out experience frustrating as a celiac, Isla? Yeah, sometimes, because I don't want to be eating all the fancy adult meals with all the salads and the sauces. <laughs> I'm like, can I just get a burger? <laughs> Isla, I'm exactly like you. I just want to get a burger as well. And you know when you find a place that is really great for, for uh, celiacs, it's like winning the lotto, isn't it? It's so yeah. exciting. <laughs> it really and you is. come back like for it. And you're just there and you come back and come back and come back. <laughs> Absolutely. It really does. It really does. And all we want is gluten-free chips as well, which is so easy to do if they'd only put it in a separate fryer. I mean, it's just yeah. all we want. It really is. Um, so do you, uh, in terms of the holidays now, right? So we've just had Easter, a lot of focus on food, on chocolate, that kind of thing. And also Halloween. How do you sort of navigate around that? Do you find those challenging as well? So for it's not that challenging because we... So I go trick-or-treating on Halloween, like any normal person, gather up my sweets, and then we sort the sweets into a gluten-free bowl and a non-gluten-free bowl. Mm-hmm. We get the non-gluten-free bowl and we leave it outside my door. Um, and sometimes I leave it with a note, sometimes I don't. And we leave it for the switch witch, who then switches the non-gluten-free candy for gluten-free sweets. I um, love it. The switch witch. I need to remember that. She'll need to visit my house at Halloween. That is fantastic. And she comes back for, with gluten-free stuff the next day for you. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That is brilliant. And what about birthday parties then as well? Because this is another area that people don't think about when it comes to celiacs. You know, you're going to a birthday party, you're invited by somebody in school, you're excited for it, but you then have to worry about the food. Yeah. So we bring a pack lunch. And I could be bring like I might bring a brownie and maybe some pizza, so that I can still eat with everyone else. But I don't have to. I'm I'm not eating the 
Yes, I understand. I understand. And she's amazing. Sheena, she's amazing with this because, you know, I pitched an absolute fit when I was diagnosed as a celiac. I was taking this all in her her stride. I mean, she's brilliant with it, isn't she? She is. And I think in a way she was kind of lucky because when she was seven, she found out maybe she hadn't, you know, developed the adult style rage that we get when we hear bad news. (laughs) So she was very accepting And we just spent an awful lot of time uh, educating her and her siblings, just making sure that they understood because, you know, we're not, you know, as Isla said there, everything's safe at home and easy at home. And we eat gluten-free dinners together, but say for lunches now, the other kids eat normal bread and everything else. Um, But for dinners, we're just not bothered to cook too. Yes, we eat the same. Yeah. Yeah. And like the other children have, kind of learnt along with Isla and to be fair are very good but she yeah I think she finds it frustrating even going into school sometimes you know mm. people might bring in kind of cupcakes or something if it's a birthday and it's if it's something we can't kind of preempt or as Isla said in the podcast we recorded if her mother forgets oh listen throw in the mommy guilt yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you know. Oh no, and it can be very. It can. I I know myself from, from Darren as well when she was younger as well. There's a massive kind of missing out, and even now when they have pizza parties in her school, you know, and and you don't know in advance. It is. It's it's frustrating. So as a parent of a celiac child, you know, what changes would you like to see when it when it comes to dining out? Because it's you know it shouldn't be this complicated, Sheena. No, I think there's definitely an onus on restaurant owners. First of all you know, to say whether or not they can provide gluten-free food safely. So I don't think that they should be entitled or able to kind of bob you off with a mm. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because look, this results in a child obviously who spent two hours vomiting. Yeah. But not only that, any of the, I suppose, results that we had had with her small intestine recovering from the gluten-free diet is now back to square one for yes. another six months. Yes, you know, so. Exactly like there's I suppose increased risk of osteoporosis etc in the future it's just frustrating so I think that it should be taken with the, the seriousness that it is and that would be the first thing just we're quite happy as Isla said there for you to just say that we cannot cater mm. for a celiac then we will stick to the places that will and will do it well. And the other side of that then is restaurants really should engage with the Celiac Society of Ireland. Because we were only talking about this, 50,000 people in Ireland are confirmed celiacs with 400,000 with gluten intolerance. So for those 50,000 people, they are the decision makers in the group on who is going to, you know, choose. That's an excellent point, because that's something that you bring up in the podcast with Isla that I'd completely kind of, I suppose, omitted from my own situation. Anytime I go out with friends or family, it is Sinead, where can you eat? And that is the decision completely. And I suppose when I was thinking about it, like I'm a small business owner myself, so I'm kind of trying to understand it from the restaurant's perspective and I get that it's awkward to set up a separate area for food prep and I get that it might be annoying having to have a second fryer for gluten-free say goujons or chips but if you are smart you know people Mm. will you'll get loyalty and you'll get groups that have a celiac in it 50,000 people plus all of their friends and family 
will, you know, drive to your Absolutely. restaurant. Absolutely. And plus all the undiagnosed out there. And that's another thing as well. There's so many people in this country that are undiagnosed as celiac as well. So that's another thing to, to, to be considering as you're listening to this. I think, you know, Isla, I think, first of all, you are amazing sticking to your diet. It's really hard. You don't complain or anything. I'm always complaining. So well done and all of that. And I think you're a fantastic spokesperson as well for, for celiacs. I want to thank the both of you so, so much for joining joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's Sheena and Isla's podcast, by the way, is out now. It's the Wondercare podcast. It's out on all platforms. I shared it as well on my Instagram if you follow me there, wondercare.ie as well. And also, if you want to find out more, if you're a restaurant listening in and you want to find out more about how can you cater to somebody on a gluten-free diet, I highly suggest that you engage with the Celiac Society of Ireland. You can find them online as well. Oh. The 11 to 1 show.